circumstance comes your way, but it's, it, it's what you, it's what, it's, it's what you, you know, react. Are you going to react with a, was I going to go to that wedding really ugly and narky and, and, you know, or was I going to be able to regroup? And I did. Thank God for that, for that beautiful piece of wisdom, Jules, to stop. And actually, I was perfectly dressed for the whole night. The real you, your character is who you truly are. It will impact how much you accomplish in this life. It will determine whether or not you're worth knowing. Wow. It will make or break every one of your relationships. I'm talking about character. And we haven't got time, but if you look at the end of Psalm 15, and the Psalm starts off, how can I get to know you real intimately, God? How can I send the hill of the Lord? Basically, if you do this, if you have godly character, if you're kind, nice, good, and you don't rip people off, and you don't speak about people. And at the end, and if you do that, if you have that sort of character, the Bible says in Psalm 15 verse 5, he who does these things will never be shaken because God's presence around you. I was a little momentary shaken, but then as I pulled myself up, seemingly I was unshakable, and then we're into it. There is something attractive about these kinds of people, I said. We... We find ourselves wanting to be like them. We enjoy their company. Relationship with these people comes very easy. I said that. I also said, look at these. What am I supposed to do with these? Come Help me. You guys are killing me. The reality, the reality of the matter is that in order to become a person of character, you've got to grab these statements because I'm reading them for a reason. They're powerhouse statements. If you can jot them down, listen to the podcast back. The reality of the matter is that in order to become a person of character, we must surrender to God's ownership. We must believe that there is an absolute right and wrong determined by God to do what is right regardless of personal cost. The core question for every person who wants good character is lordship. Did you say lordship? Are we willing for Christ to be lord of our life? If you, want to know what, if you want to know what God thinks is a beautiful thing, it's a person with godly character. It's a man or woman with godly character. God loves that. God loves that. People love it too. The huge statement that I'll repeat through the series is this. Character is the will to do what is right as defined by God regardless of personal cost. What we're trying to say is character is about uncompro- uncompromised living. It is about choosing every day to do the right thing. Being integral. A person whose actions speak louder than words. We talked about this fact about the process of change. Whether you know it or not, and I knew it when I drove through my suburb, I have changed. Wow! My school didn't look the same in my suburb. But listen, when you, when you were born, you entered a season of change. You are changing on the inside. You're changing on the outside, unfortunately, too. Some are changing for good, some are on the other side. Uh, some, but listen, there's nothing better than a, than a person who knows God and they're beautiful inside. I don't care how wrinkled their skin is. I don't care how they're dressed. You know what I mean? They are beautiful. You can tell. And then you get, the, the, they get people who don't know God that are consumed with selfishness and they're ugly, and those people are ugly. They're, they're bitter, and, and, and they're not portraying, you know, this godly character, this, this, uh, this beautiful uh, heart, so to speak. So when you were born, you were born into change. You're, you're, you're changing for good or for bad. You're changing. 
those maple trees on the parameter of our property. Some are growing really well, and I'm loving that one in the corner. It's getting so big. So we planted about 35 maple trees around the perimeter, and we planted them two years ago. I thought they'd grow a lot quicker than that. Some are growing really well on this side. Some are not growing at all. They're stunted. I don't know why, but it's the ground. It's the, it's the weeds around them. Then there's some others that are being, you know, they're, they're dismal. In fact, they've been wiped out. The mower man ran over them, the tractor man ran over them. You know what I'm saying? They've been just wiped out. Some are stunted. Some are stunted. But some are growing. We're supposed to be growing in Christ-likeness, guys. We're supposed to be growing in Christ-likeness. Can I say that? How can we do that? How can I do that, Pastor Phil? How can you do it? Colossians 2.7. Let's have some scriptures. We're doing well. How can God take the raw materials of your life your soul, your personality, your life. How can He take those raw materials and how can He mold you, shape you to be more Christ-like? Actually, it's one of the purpose-driven... There's five purpose-driven major points to Rick... uh, Rick, What's his name? Rick Warren's book, Purpose Driven Life. Huge New York bestseller. He says one of the huge purposes of your life is to become more Christ-like. It's, it's a foregone conclusion. It's in the Bible that God birthed you to this planet to be more Christ-like. As we become Christ-like, we display the glory of God. Now, let's, I'm going to compare a couple of scriptures with each other. Colossians 2.7, quick, Phil, get along. You, you said it, Luke, Luke Eagle, you said it, rooted and built up in Him. Strengthened, this is in Colossians 2.7, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. But I've got another version. It's the, living, uh, it's the living, New Living Bible. And it says this in Colossians 2.7, let, let your roots grow down into Him. That is Christ. Let your lives be built on Him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Yeah, I love that. Then Romans 8.29 in the message. Some people love this. Who reads the message Bible? Here it is, guys. Romans 8.29 verse 30. God knew, that he was, God knew what He was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the onset to shape the lives of those who love Him along the same lines as the life of His Son. Colossians, I think it's 1.15. We took... Yeah, anyway, we'll move on. How can we do that? Um, this, is the best, this is the best recommendation I can give you. How can I change? How can I develop my character, Pastor Phil? How can I, be, how can I, pu- how can I push back on my flesh? How can I crucify my flesh? How can I deal with sin? How can I walk out of an old life into a new life because the Bible says I'm saved, I'm a new creature in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. How can that change me? The, the best way I know how is the Word of God, but it is the power of the Holy Spirit. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at that. 2 Corinthians 3.18 in the NIV, I think it says something like this, and we who with unfailed faces all reflect, oh, that's great, not happening here, but, and we who with unfailed faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed, say transformed, into His likeness. Whose likeness? with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. 
Get this out of the Living Bible. The Bible says it like this in the Living Translation, 2 Corinthians 3.18 still, as the Spirit of the Lord works within us, as the Spirit of the Lord works... And listen, the only way I know how to get the Spirit activated again in your life, the Holy Spirit's there, but maybe dormant like, like a little pilot light. Who's got anything with a little pilot light? Who's got anything like that? And then you light up... Some of you have got some great stoves at home. There's a little pilot like that. When you turn the gas on, the only way I can tell you to get that Holy Spirit, and it, it won't go away, it'll stay with you, the Holy Ghost, but it will be reduced to a pilot light. It will reduce to a little flickering, little flickering flame. The only way I know how to do it is prayer and the Word of God. You know what I'm saying? Prayer and the, just read one, one verse. Read something. Get it. It's food. It's food. It, it's, like, it's like, man, it's like something that will just energize you like that. It's called the Word of God. That's why I was lifting up the Word of God up to here, up at the front when I was worshiping God. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, As the Spirit of the Lord works within me, we become more and more like Him, reflecting His glory even more. You love that? You love that? And of course we know the process of change is called sanctification. Bible college students, you know that. You cannot reproduce the character of Jesus on your own strength. So your New Year's resolution petered out, your good intentions, you know, your promises, you know, whatever, it peters out at the end of the day. The only way I know how is to ask and beg if you are desperate and if you want to deal with that flesh, that ugly stuff that rears its head and speaks and cusses out and criticizes and accuses people and, and does ugly stuff and, and gets drunk or whatever and gets stoned or whatever and loves to do stuff that is not complimentary or exemplary to Christ, if you're serious about it, you will bend your knee and say, Holy Ghost, help me, I don't want to be like this. Because that's what a person with the fear of God does. A person with the fear of God wants to live their life no matter where, no matter in what situation exemplifying Christ because we're ambassadors for the gospel can we say amen to that only the Holy Spirit has the power to make the changes of God that he wants to make in your life the Bible says in Philippians 2.13 in the NIV it says for it is God who works in you oh man God do you believe that God who works in you say God work in me say it now God work in me work in me now Lord Fire me up for you. Revive me, Lord. Resurrect me, Lord, to know you, to hear you, to see you. High and lifted up across our nation, across my, my street, across my community. Lord, help me. Resurrect my spirit, man, that I might know you more. Philippians in the NLT says, 2.13 says this, God is working in you, giving you the desire, the desire to come to the prayer meeting, the desire to give, the desire to read the Bible, the desire to be like Jesus doesn't come easy with, with the full force of hell against you in this compromised world, in this fallen world. It's no wonder you can't pick your Bible up. It becomes like a brick. You can't pick it up. You can't find it. You don't know where, you know. So what, what do we need? Jesus said, you need power. Don't do anything until you receive power of the Holy Spirit. I'm cramming a lot in it, but this is blessing someone. God is working in you, giving you the desire to obey Him and the power to do what pleases Him. And the power is not you 
getting, you know, blasted by God a lot of the time. It's that, it's that what is it, gentle whisper in 1 Kings 19.12. It's not in the lightning sometimes. It's not in the thunder. It's not in the big preacher laying hands on you and flying through every seat in the place. And, 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 and you know, it, it's sometimes the quietness of the Spirit dealing with you when you're running down the F3 highway and when you're narky about your, sh- your, your, your jacket that you left behind. And he's saying, you're getting ugly, you're getting ugly, that's not good, you know. And, and you just got to hear him and say, yeah, I know, but man, I've got to be dressed right, you don't understand. You know, he says, but that doesn't matter, you know. And so it's the Holy Ghost constantly. Christ-likeness is not produced by imitation, but by inhabitation. We allow Christ to live through us. Who wants to allow Christ to live through you? Who wants to say, yes, Jesus, I believe in you, but hey, I've got a life to live. I've I, I got to do my own stuff. Uh, you know, no. When you're saved, you're supposed to give your life to Him, you serve Him, you're born to serve Him. You were sent to this planet to serve Him. You were sent to this planet to develop character, to stand with Him one day and say, God, wow, what a wild ride. Wow, that world's radical. That world you sent me to is wild and radical. But Lord, I held fast for you. I did not waver. I did not shrink back unto death. I stood up. Some people stood up in the lion's den. Some people stood up with their heads chopped off. Some people stood up for Christ on the burning stake. Amen. We don't see a lot of that now. Unless, uh, anyway. Um, Do you know what I'm saying? But to stand up and count the cost to do what God asks of you is what character is about. Let's give it up for Jesus. How can we do it? Colossians 1.27. I'm nearly there. The glorious riches of this mystery. It's a mystery. It's Christ in us. Man, it's changed the most famous people. The, the, most, the most powerful men have bowed their knee to this mystery. The, the most... The most Radical people have bowed their knee. Whatever. It's a mystery. The glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. In the NLT it says, For this is the secret. Christ lives in you. (laughs) This is the secret, guys. Christ lives in you. You sure? Is 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 he right? I'm certain. If you've given your life to Jesus, he lives on the inside of you. Since God's Spirit lives inside of us, these things are always available for the asking. These things that help us live a godly life. How do we live a godly life? We live by the choices. Sometimes in our weakness, we, we, man, we want to spew. We want to get angry. We want to get mad. We want to project this ugly stuff. But the God, God says, if you pull up in obedience to me, and then if you turn somehow against all odds... If you turn out of that ugly, uh, ugly persona, that ugly personality, that ugly thing that you got yourself into, if you turn and say, God, help me now. I am weak. I cannot take one step to forgive this person. I cannot take one step to get over this ugly, ugly thing. God says, just try it. And seemingly all through the Bible... And especially when, like Joshua, was faced with that river, flowing river, and he needed to cross the Jordan to go into the promised land. And he's saying, how do I do this? I cannot do this. I mean, 
But then when his leaders stepped foot into the raging waters, the river abated and they walked through on dry land. By faith, in obedience, we walk this godly lifestyle out. Faith comes on you. The power of God's Spirit comes on you. Grace, mercy, the anointing, it all comes upon you to project and to deal with every conflict, every circumstance you have. In Jesus' name, Amen. That's how you do it. We must cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Obedience unlocks the power of God. We're talking about spiritual growth. And I'm nearly done. I've got a couple of little points to make. And that'll do us. But the Bible compares spiritual growth to a seed, a building, a child growing. Each metaphor requires active participation. Seeds must be planted, cultivated. Buildings must be built. They just don't disappear. Children need to be reared up. Love and see in Joey. And um, just, just beautiful seeing these young children in the house. Your children can be nurtured and grown up in God. And they can, they can be such a blessing. And if you don't do that, if you don't train your child up in the ways of the Lord, if you don't nurture your child with love, they get ratty, they get feral. And you know what? But God, you know, we need to understand this, that there is exertion from ourselves to make stuff happen. Character is the will to do what is right as defined by God, regardless of personal cost. You don't need effort for your salvation, of course, but with spiritual growth you do. And if you look, there's about eight times in the New Testament we are told to make every effort. Make every effort in our growth toward becoming like Jesus. You just don't sit around and, you know, this doesn't come by watching TV. You know, it doesn't come by being slack. You've got to make an effort. You've got to say, God, man, you saved my soul. I'm bound for eternity. Woo! Okay, God, how do you want me to live? What do you want me to do? How do you want me to, to, to share this stuff? How do you want me to be friends with people now? How do you want me to do my business? How do you want me to do life? How do you want me to do this stuff? That's what happens for the born-again believer. Like these kids in the, in, the, in, the, in the entrance high school. Twelve women. Twelve more. I don't know what's happening in that. Because Neil Joseph lives over there. He's praying. Stand up, Cameron. God bless you. Stand up just quickly. Come on, buddy. You can do it. Yeah, give it up for this guy. Awesome. God bless you. I don't know what's happening in the entrance high school, but someone is portraying godly character because I know kids are immune to someone trying to ram the gospel down their throat and trying to say, you got to come up here where, where you know you should belong. And no, they just say, man, I got blessed by God. God's working on the inside of me and I just want to do the right thing now and help the planet and help people. You know, I can see that, buddy. I can. Where do you go to get that stuff? C3 Church Tugra, man. 127 Gavin Lock Road. Check it out. So Friday night, Garth comes and he's inundated with these kids going, my God, what do they want? They want the gospel. They want the gospel. They want, they want the character of Jesus. They, they want to know how to, how to get through the obstacles and the circumstance of life and be the best they can. Three things the Apostle Paul talks about. Three things, three responsibilities. Let's wrap it up. Three responsibilities. Making every effort through these three... Let, let's read these because these are... This is, this is the smiling assassin. I've got to put the smiling assassin hat on when I read this. Um, guys, can I have the, um, the first point? We must choose to 
let go of our old ways of acting. Ephesians 4.17 I didn't say this, this is the Bible, don't blame me. I'm just the messenger. Ephesians 4.17, this is in the, in, in the Message Bible. It's like a paraphrase Bible interpretation for modern day life. Because the Bible was written for those times, for contemporary times. So this guy, Eugene Patterson, a Canadian, wrote this incredible work, the Bible, called The Message. He says it like this. The point I want to make from reading this scripture is this. Number one, we must choose to let go of our old ways. Just say that with me. Lord, help me lose those old ways that are displeasing to you. Amen. All right, so let's go. Ephesians 4.17. We'll take it from the top, Tim. I'm not sure. And so I insist. Am I on track? And And God backs me up on this, that there be no going along with the crowd, the empty-headed, mindless crowd. They've refused so long to deal with God that they've lost touch, not only with God, but with reality itself. They can't think straight anymore, feeling no pain. They let themselves go in sexual obsession addiction to every sort of perversion. Am I on track? But there's no, that's no life for you. I love Lady Gaga. But I'm, I'm concerned. I'm concerned of the lifestyle. I love creativity. I love Bowie. David Bowie was our version of Lady Gaga in the 70s. I love creativity. I love colour. I love, I love this stuff. But I'm fearful of where this stuff is coming from. I'm concerned what spirit she's tapping into. I have to say it. Is that cool? But God bless her. I hope she gets saved. But there's no life for you. You learnt Christ. My assumption is that you have paid careful attention to Him, been well instructed in the truth, precisely as we have seen in Jesus. Since then, we do not have the excuse of ignorance. That's the ones who have heard the gospel and know God. Everything... And I do mean everything connected with that old way of life has to go. It's rotten through and through. Get rid of it. And then take up an entirely new way of life. A God-fashioned life. A life renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct as God actually reproduces His character in you. Reproducing His character in you. What this adds up to then is this. No more lies. No more pretense. Tell your neighbor the truth. In Christ's body, we're all connected to each other. After all, when you lie to others, you end up lying to yourself. I think there's a huge connotation about having yourself on. Is that right? Lying. People know character. People know who you really are. That's, that's a big one right there. I'm not going to... Two. Two. Apostle Paul says, number two, how to get godly character is this. We must change the way we think. Let the Spirit change the way of your thinking. Ephesians 4.23, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. The Bible says we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. Need the Bible, guys. Need the Word of God. Thank you for the ones who are studying the Word of God. Going back to Bible college, an online Bible college. Stand Up Garth is doing an online Bible college. 600 students worldwide. Is that fair? I just guess that number. 600 students worldwide? Probably more. See, I wasn't evangelistically speaking. I was, listen, 600 or possibly more studying the Word of God. I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful for those people doing that. 
Transforming is about this. It's like a butterfly. uh, It comes transforming, comes from the word metamorphosis. It's a butterfly in a cocoon. You coming out by the Spirit of God, by the Word of God. You coming out. You coming out of your fallen life, out of your disgusting life, out of your sin, out of your depravity, out of your secret world. It's you coming out. It's you coming out. You coming out. And you displaying Christ-like character and flying with all your colors because you are unique. God's not asking us to be some sort of, you know, like, um, I don't know. But he, he, he says you're unique. He doesn't want you to be like a, a robot or something, taking all your personality away. But he wants you to become Christ-likeness, Christ-like. Three, chapter three, verse three, point three. Thank you. We must put on, say put on, the character of Christ by developing new habits. Got a statement for you. Your character is essentially the sum of your habits. It is how you habitually act. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.24, to put on the new self, created to be like God in the true righteousness and holiness. God uses the word. God uses people and circumstances to mold us. All three are indispensable for character development. God's Word provides the truth we need to grow. God's people provide the support we need to grow. And circumstance provide the environment we need to practice Christ's likeness. If you study the Word of God, if you connect with your church, if you connect with each other, and you deal with every difficult circumstance, like Pastor Phil had to on the F3, guess what? Christ will begin to perfect godly character in you. Ephesians 4.13 says it like this, Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I'll say it again and I'm done. Character is the will to do what is right as defined by God in His sight, regardless of personal cost. Your character, not your accomplishments or your acquisitions, determines your legacy. I hope at your funeral they're not just talking about some idle life, but they're talking about your character. We go to we have to do a funeral sometimes, and the best we can do in the eulogy is talk about the golf game that they played. Something happened on the golf course. That's not a good day for a funeral. A good funeral is saying he was a person of character. He did such good in the community. He was such a forgiving person. He was such a generous person. He was such a man of honor. He was my friend through thick and thin. He was not a fair weather friend. He was a man we could depend on. He was a God man. He was a God man. And that's what we want. Let's all stand up. The core question for every person who wants good character is lordship. Are we willing to allow Christ to be Lord over our lives? And I'll say this statement, the last one, correlation exists between our personal righteousness or character and our ability to know God intimately. Amen and amen. May you continue your journey through the school of life to develop character. God's goal for you is not to live in a pleasure bubble, to attain the pleasures of life. God birthed you on this planet to see how you would weather in the trial of life, in the circumstance the circumstance of life. He put you onto this planet and He's taken you through circumstance to see how you will cope, to see how you will weather and to see how you will come up and to see what colours you will 
the true colours you will be in that difficult circumstance because circumstances bring out the God out of you or bring out the ugly stuff of you. The Word and the people around your life and the circumstance around your life is going to help develop your character. Christ, God is about developing your character because on that day you will stand before Him not with your acquisitions, not with your career achievements, but you will stand before Him with your character and the real you. And the saints say, and the saints say, and the saints say, let's really give it up to Jesus. Thank you, God.